Before we get started in this interview, I want to remind you that we are sponsored by our good friends in StreamYard for the most professional live streams ever. Go to the special link in the description section, sign up for a paid StreamYard plan, get a 14-day free trial with no credit card required to sign up. StreamYard for the most professional live streams ever. As you can see on YouTube, my co-host Austin is on a nice, lovely stroll. <laughs> yeah, nice to see you too, buddy, but I digress. No, we I'm not talking about special... it. I wasn't, fl I wasn't flipping you off. I was flipping off the geese. Come on, man. Oh, I was about to say. <laughs> not him. <laughs> I was going to say, what I ever do to you? Well, actually, I you did a lot of things to you, but I digress there. Yeah, you have done but... a lot to me, but not, not as of <laughs> <laughs> I digress. Anyway, see, we, got a, we got a very, very special conversation today. We got two very good friends of mine who have their own podcast called Two Dudes, One Double Feature, which you can find on all audio platforms, including iTunes, you know what? Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts. My good friends, Joey DeAngelis and Richard Purnell. Gentlemen, how the heck are we doing? It's nice to chat with you. It's pretty good so far. It's, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm having a good time. I'm enjoying you know what, the I'm walk. Keep, you know what? I'm going to keep every comment to myself right now. You better. <laughs> I'm sorry. I heard. I don't get me wrong. I just I just met these guys. They seem cool, but goddamn, their their podcast sounds like something real wrong. Oh lord, That's, yeah, that was the intention. Think, boy. Was, was, that, was that the intention? Listen, in the world of podcasting and media, you gotta do what you can. You gotta, you know. Listen, it's it's you know like the old days with movies like oh you're gonna be able to see this and it's like not really no exactly no, just baiting this way it's 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 all suggestive really exactly oh, yeah. it's, it's fantastic exactly and Joey and it's that, been too long since I've spoken to you this man and I went to college together how have you been my man fine <laughs> <laughs> just fine all right I feel like I've been on a a very interesting journey. Uh, the last few years. I mean, everybody has in the last few years. Uh, but I've been doing okay. Doing okay. Very good. You know what? I feel bad for him. Why? Because he had to meet Jimmy and Jimmy's awkward face. Oh, my God. <laughs> if this is where we're going today, I should just walk off the set right now. I'm waiting for it. That's, it. that's, it. that's my point here. I'm going to make you walk off the set, and then I'm going to dip. Do, do, do you see what my co-host does to me? Did you see this? Listen, listen I think... The, the, it's mute. We're, Richard and I are playing nice right now. I'm feeling a lot of uh, similarities here. <laughs> it's a parallel, see, yeah, parallel universe. See, if Finizzi, I told you, with a co-host, you're supposed to go after each other's throats. It's just how it is. I hate all of you, but anyway, <laughs> let's get to the crux of things right here. Obviously, you guys have your own podcast where you talk about movies and that's pretty much it. That's the summary of your podcast. You talk about two movies. So I want to ask you, who came up with the idea and why two dudes, one double feature? That was Joey. It was Joey's yeah. idea. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's one of those things where I did this all to myself, basically. Yeah, I did nothing. Uh, I just sat there. I said, okay. Well, uh -huh. you know, well, here's the thing. Richard and I have known each other for quite a while now. Um, almost 10 years almost, almost well, no. a decade what, well it might, it's this year it might be 10 years we've known each other that long probably this wow. year yeah. yeah um so anyway but we met through uh, our friend andrew gifford who ran the i don't know if you guys remember there was a huge marvel page back in the day two million likes it yes. was like the marvel page i do remember that um we were also both like 
DC admins on the DC page mm-hmm. or at one point or another. And, you know, we became, we became friends through that. And then, you know, that developed into the wacko relationship that we have now. And, yes. uh, <laughs> you know, neither one of us has been sane since, but we have no. wanted to, no, no, it's, it yeah. works out in a way, it, it, you know, it, 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 it's a good thing ultimately, but oh, yeah, well, we're a little bit you. crazier ultimately, ultimately. <laughs> but, said it done. but for a while we wanted to start a podcast because we thought we had something to say and trouble is we, we, for a very long time, we didn't know what exactly that was going to materialize into, whether that's going to be what kind of show that was going to be. Or who was going to be involved? Because right. we had other friends as well that were going to do it. But right. like we all had a lot, of, a lot of clashing ideas, a lot of different approaches as well. Um, I know there was one time Joey wanted to be a fake alien character in one. <laughs> yeah, but you know, yeah, you know, I, you know I, Alf. Creative. It's like it's like Alf, but if Alf had a podcast and you have to treat oh my the character Lord. as because the creator oh, of Alf, Paul Fusco. <laughs> You cannot call Alpha puppet. You have to refer to Alpha as an alien. Yes. So <laughs> yes. Uh, so it would have been it would have been that I would have been uh, Joe Dinny Dan from the planet Twismo, and it would have been <laughs> it been, he would have had his own Instagram page. Uh, it was going to be a weird idea, but obviously 2020 happened. I don't think I need to elaborate what happened in 2020. Kids, if yeah. you're listening to this in the future, ask your parents. And yeah. So obviously we were at home. We're stuck. We're like, shoot, what are we going to do? And I, I, I had a notepad. I still have this notepad somewhere, but it's a notepad of just different ideas, you know, and because you got to have some kind of gimmick, right? You can't just talk about movies. Right. You have to do something a little different, right? And not that the, our approach is entirely original, but at least it's like you get a clear distinction of what the show nine times out of ten usually is. So I go, yeah. And this is where I really kick myself because we talk about at least two movies each episode. That's that's hard, but I'm like, what if we did a double feature, you know, and we're trying to figure out a good title. We had double bill and a lot of these like weird titles and we're like two dudes, one double feature, slightly suggestive, but it's okay. It describes it, kinda, it, it, it rolled off the tongue, not to make yes. it more suggestive, but it, 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 it rolls <laughs> off, off the tongue. I will say, I will say it rolls off very nicely. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Um, and listen, our, our early journey don't want, don't listen to our first two episodes at all because they are. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, like all we we reference like the fact that when Richard introduces a show, he introduces. I messed up dudes, the title. Two dudes, one podcast, yeah. which I think should be a T-shirt. If we ever made merch, <laughs> two dudes, one podcast. Oh my god! And you know, yeah. it took me, and it took me a long time to because I hadn't done much audio because you know Jimmy and I went to school for communication. You know, I focus okay. more on the radio end of things, but. I hadn't done much audio work in a long time and just trying to get the hang of like, cause I used audacity and trying to like, you know, you do the audio and all that stuff. So it took a second. I feel like at least as far as the quality of the show, it started to look up at our third episode. So that's mm-hmm. to me, the first, the Superman Batman episode is our first true yes. Yeah. Yes. episode. Um, like the other first two are like, they're nice, like little like time capsule pieces of what the show was like. Prototypes. Uh, prototypes for the show yeah. like test of concept if you will um but also one of the big advantages of our show was our good friends john and kenny armstrong who i know richard um we cannot sing their praises enough oh yeah uh, they are the geniuses behind our our theme music and for a very long time we had different theme music each week that would oh, be Jesus. tailored to 
whatever movie we were talking about. And that was their idea because mm. initially we were like, maybe just a theme song would be nice, which we have now. We like the, now we for all of our recent stuff we have the theme song from them, which is perfect. Yeah. But they were like, no, let's. Why don't we just make a track for every episode? And it was like, if you want, it's you know, and they uh, every week they had a new one out, and and then it just got crazier from there we did radio dramas at one point for halloween um we did songs like like all kinds of stuff and we still kind of do that honestly they almost have their own kind of built-in world and lore of like the weird characters they came up with so we have that whole other like kind of side aspect of our show which is a lot of fun um and so and then they also uh john is an incredible illustrator and he drew our logos not the first one that was me it was terrible that, that was actually gonna be the my second next two question. which are really good right to the punch because that art style is fantastic because i know <laughs> i know that art style mm-hmm. is obviously featured on youtube being uh old movie buffs so i really like the old uh, cartoon type of style yeah there it is if you're not watching mm-hmm. on youtube that's this. the oh that's the uh that's the art style for the podcast it's a really cool sticker right there i really really like that artwork and then we had a slightly up, we had an updated version of us looking very fancy. Makes you think of when like <laughs> Bugs and Daffy were dancing on stage, uh, oh, which is very God. accurate. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Uh, I would Austin, say Austin so. I, I'm I'm sorry to cut you off, Joey. Austin, you were going to say something about that. Yeah, I was going to say shit, Jimmy. They got us beat. Come the fuck on, man. <laughs> hey, I can't help myself, man. <laughs> Come nobody on, wants to, nobody wants to reach out. Well, you know, maybe it, they don't. They won't reach out. You got to do it. <laughs> You know, anyway, in fairness, Joey, please continue. I in fairness, we got extremely lucky in that department. They are. Oh yeah, John and Kenny are, and they also provide voices. Some of these specials, like some of the oh, voices yeah. that John does, or Kenny. <laughs> oh my, Kenny! I got to give a big shout out to Kenny. He must be one of the most talented people I've ever come across in my life. Incredible writer, music, great uh, voice talent. Um, mm. fan- some of the f- fan- yeah. Some of the funniest dialogue I think we've ever said for anything just came from Kenny's brain. He's so good. Oh, jeez. But, um, you know, I think, uh, but, yeah, with, with our show, I think one of, the, one of our favorite things about it is we get to learn more about each other on that show. Because even though we've known each other for a very long time, you know, you learn a lot about somebody mm-hmm. you like through the movies that you like, right? Because I think it says a lot about them. And, um you know, I get I got to rediscover stuff like Scream, um, which I had saw I'd seen once on TV, mm-hmm. and I was glad to, it was one of our, our Wes Craven episode, and uh, that was really cool to be able to watch that. Something Richard really enjoyed, and then whenever I just show Richard anything with apes, uh, yeah, anything he, he, that's related. that's there's a theme. There's a theme. You'll find various themes through different yeah. episodes, like apes. Um, I grew up a huge Batman fan, so that uh, comes into okay. play quite a bit. Um, okay. and I think I, like, I, a hundred percent agree with what he just said too. Cause like I, the one thing, like we're like on the surface, you could look at us and say, Oh, you know, you guys are into this and this, but then you really dig into it. Like, you know, Joey on the surface, like, yeah, he loves TCM. He loves old classic Hollywood, Maltese Falcon, uh, singing in the rain, stuff like that. But then you right. really dig deep <laughs> and then you find like, he loves the movie schlock. He like, loves what? the movie. Excuse me? <laughs> oh, see, see? <laughs> Just wait for it. Just wait oh, for it. Oh, no. Here it comes. Sorry, guys. I absolutely had to pick this one up. Folks. Oh, boy. Listen. The movie Schlock. 
which um, <laughs> Jimmy, have you ever what seen American Werewolf in London or the Blues Brothers? Oh Wait, what's God. that? Blues Brothers. Have you ever seen Blues Brothers or American Werewolf? Oh, in London. of course. Who has it? Yeah, this is John Landis's. He's the director. Direct his first movie. <laughs> okay. Oh, and, okay. Um, I love the tagline on this because it's so honest. Due to the horrifying nature of this picture, absolutely no one will be admitted. It's, <laughs> it's John Landis in a gorilla suit made by makeup artist Rick Rick Baker, and he's just doing shit. He's just he's literally just going to people's backyards and like poking them. <laughs> <laughs> And other things that we'll not mention either. Um, Whoa. But, uh, I, I see how it's going to be. It's very fitting for our podcast. I, no. Um, <laughs> Again, it's all suggestive. But, uh, you know, we have, a, we have a fun double feature planned with that. Uh, at oh, yeah. Point. That's, that's, the, that's, the true, that's the true dudes episode is what I like to call it. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That is indeed fantastic. We're talking to Joey DeAngelis and Richard Purnell, the hosts of the Two Dudes, One Double Feature podcast here on The Bottom Line. You guys mentioned your movie buffs, so let's talk about movies, shall we? So, Joey, I want to start with you first since you are the old movie buff here because I know you grew up with guys uh, from like the 1920s with um, uh, Buster Keaton and all those guys. Sure. So, I know King Kong, you've told me personally, is one of your biggest inspirations ever because of your father uh can you elaborate a little more on that for my audience who may not know about that yeah absolutely um well you know when i was um very young my father passed away i was six and Mm. you know i did so i have vague memories of him so i didn't get to know him that well so sorry to hear that you know yeah but um what he left behind was a lot of vhs tapes so a lot of stuff like the Die Hard movies, but in, Hard Indiana movie. Jones. Well, many of these tapes I still have. Uh, the Universal Monsters, okay, oh, and when, like I think there's something to be said about that. You know, like with physical media, it's something I know my dad held, and I'm I can hold. And if I ever have kids, they can see how like okay, this is something that means a lot to somebody. It's not like today with streaming, where streaming is convenient, but it's also there's a cold detachment with that mm. as well because there's no real ownership. Um, but one of the tapes that I discovered was King Kong, and it was it, it's like a, such a striking cover where it's just King Kong holding this woman who I thought was dead on the poster. She's not. Uh, right. It's just she's just passed out. But it was it was a cool mm-hmm. tape too because you could press it. The, sh- the 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 tape roared, and I remember and I watched it because I'm like, you know. Because I I knew it had influenced Jurassic Park, which is another one of my favorite movies, and I remember watching it, and I still thought I thought it was scary. I'm also a wimp, but I thought it was really it's a really scary movie, honestly. If you're not prepared for it, and that was really like other than like Disney movies or like The Wizard of Oz, that was really the first like classic movie I had ever seen, mm-hmm. and I thought it was just so remarkable that a movie from the 30s could do all the things that it does. It has a like fully realized like sound like sound sound effects you know like before that point there were silent movies with dinosaurs like the lost world but you never heard what a dinosaur sounded like or a giant right. gorilla what would that what would that even sound like how do you even go about doing that or obviously the stop motion animation which is it's just so remarkable and i think that's part of what makes kong so scary is that it's that crude uh, that crudeness it's in it, it, 24 frames per second one frame at a time it's just, just like this weird, like almost alchemy of this thing coming to life, you know, and um, 
it just and Kong had a soul in that movie. Kong, yes, Kong was mm-hmm. violent. Kong did all the cool stuff like throw people off a log. He broke the jaw of a T Rex, but also Kong had a soul. Like I think about just all like the the scenes where Kong is in pain and just realizes he's bleeding and stuff like that. It's that's what really hooks you on the movie, and you feel so bad uh, by the end. It's, it's a movie I've seen probably over a hundred times at this point. I own it on basically any. I own a VHS, Laserdisc, DVD. Blu-ray. It was one of the first movies I purchased digitally on like iTunes or whatever. Okay. Um, so you know, and I just think too, like learning about the behind the scenes of that movie as well, like all the hard work that went into something, like especially at that time too, where like monster movies back then were like, okay, you have a guy maybe in a makeup thing, it'll be really cool. But this was like a hugely technologically groundbreaking thing from a studio RKO from a studio that's infamous for you know, not being as high up as, like, MGM, Warner mm-hmm. Brothers, you know, and they also made Citizen Kane, too, which is another, like, technically impressive um, movie. So, I think it's just all these things, like, the childhood nostalgia of it, just the appreciation of the techniques, I think the efficiency, the movie's 100 minutes, guys. Like, mm, I, I yeah, go see, yeah. like, a new Breeze. movie, and it's, like, two, two hours, 15 minutes, and I'm like, okay, alright, King <laughs> Kong is one of the few movies in existence that truly I'm going on for a while. King Kong delivers the goods, guys. That's all I'm saying. You know, no, I, see a movie, I, I, I 100% agree with you. I want to see a movie where the gorilla like bites a person and throws them, and like the violence and the music and the excitement, and it delivers. It's cinema. That. It's it cinema. Is, yeah, yeah. It's literally the magic. It's the magic of the movies. Um, but yeah, that's that's really what it comes down. I think all those factors wrapped up. Um, it just makes and too. We live close. You know, we live close to New York City. So right. having the Empire State Building so close is also was also kind of a cool thing too, and that's probably the most famous use of the Empire State Building ever was King Kong. So no, they right. have a whole floor, right, with King Kong. They have a King. Like there's like a whole floor dedicated. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, there is. There is absolutely. I'm I'm pretty sure Austin got tired of the conversation, so he just abruptly <laughs> left. No, no, seriously, Austin Dang did it. have somewhere to be. So I do thank him for hopping yeah, yeah. on for even at least a little bit. That's okay. We it was nice to meet him. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. He, I'm, I'm sure you guys will like him a lot more once you, uh, of course, you're always welcome to come back anytime, as I like to say to any other guest. So I'm, Ditto. this won't be the last time you see him, but I digress there. But no, Joey, I'm with you on King Kong. And I know, obviously, you grew up on other guys like uh, Douglas Fairbanks Sr., uh, the big guy, Charles Chaplin. So you grew up in an era where, you know, silent movies are really, how do I say it? They're not really talked about as much today as i would like them to be so in my personal opinion i feel like those kind of movies should be revisited so they would have a little bit more of an appreciation just to show like how movies evolved from the 20s up until today's era i really think people should start to appreciate that more I, I agree, and um, I think one of the big things, too, is, you know, I know Richard agrees, with, like, th- movies mm-hmm. are a visual medium, right? And I know Richard has a huge appreciation for movies that are that tell their stories visually, and that's why I want to get more silent films. We've talked about a couple. We have, like, The Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about Chaplin's The Gold Rush, you know. Uh, I know we, we there's other ones we want to talk. Metropolis is not, is one that Richard and I mm-hmm. both bonded over. Um, we did do I, a special presentation on Nosferatu as well. That's that's true. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we that was a lot of fun. Nosferatu by itself, and I think like there's so much to learn from this. Like I think about Buster again, Buster Keaton. 
like I was seeing somebody like post about it, like that movie's 45 minutes and it's, mm. so, it's packed with so many great visual ideas, visual gags. Um, you know, there's just, it, there's so much to be like, it's so beautiful. Like just like a gesture or something can be so impactful. Whereas today there's some movies today that feel like they're radio dramas with, vi- yes. with visual components, mm-hmm. which listen, that's fine. I love like the Mark. I love the Marx brothers. They're like, da, 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 da. you see this guy, he looks like an idiot and he sounds like an idiot. Don't yep. let that fool you. He really is an idiot. And I love that stuff. But it's also nice too when you have like like I think going back to monster movies like the Phantom of the Opera when Lon Chaney, like the anguish that he feels after Christine sees his face for the first yes. time. Mm. And like that kind you can't and I was thinking about was it Dune, the Dune trailer. How a lot of that trailer is just vi- so visual. Like the, the way the that first Dune colors. movie or the second Dune movie? Talk about the second Dune trailer. The second the, one, okay. The new Dune trailer from the new second one. Okay. And the different contrasts and like different styles. Like like some shots are like black and white, some of them are like super orange. Um, you know, and I think, you know, again, I think we could benefit from just looking at those silent films and looking at the, all that stuff and just how they tell a story with visuals. But there are definitely silent films that use too many title cards and that happens. But like yeah. again, I think a movie everybody should watch is um what is it? Uh The Last Laugh, which is yes. made by FW Murnau, um, of Nosferatu fame. And that film is incredible because that is one title card. The whole rest, it's like a 90 minute, I think it's like a 90 minute movie. The whole rest mm. of it is told visually. It is an, I need, that's a movie I need to upgrade on Blu-ray at some point, but it's fantastic. Anyway. No, that, that's, that's very interesting point. I have, I actually have seen Last Laugh. I find it to be very visually entertaining. It definitely tells a great story. But that's the thing. You don't have to fully understand what the story is in a silent movie just by work. I know some silent movies use title cards, and that's fine. But when right. you have something like Last Laugh that just tells you the story visually, and you're able to figure it out like this, that's the appreciation of a silent movie. I feel like there needs to be more of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, And I think, too, you know, and the, the great thing is there are silent films that you can watch for free on YouTube. Right. You know. Oh and, yeah. And like, there's stuff there's on some streaming services. So, like, I know Criterion's got a lot of the Chaplin catalog, um, and there's also there you can find if you seek it out, it is there. Right. But sometimes there's, and I, I look, I'm guilty of this too. There's a lack of curiosity sometimes, and it's like yeah, you just want to default admittedly. to this. And listen, especially with what happened in 2020, again, kids, ask your parents. You you just defaulting to like watching Seinfeld episodes or just <laughs> watching King Kong for like the thirtieth time this week or you know I get it and I know Richard gets it we all get it right but I yes. think it's also I was ma- I've been making a list on Letterbox um, of the mm-hmm. movies I had never seen before in 2023 mm-hmm. and to me that was a really important thing just to like keep track of like wow these are new experiences that I'm having you know and it and I think seeing new things it makes you appreciate the things you already like. But also, it, it really sharpens your tastes as well. And you're able to more like eloquently say like why you don't like something or why you do like something even. So I think I always encourage people, check out something. Like, what did I watch? I watched Ingrid Goes West a couple months Ooh. ago earlier this year. And I thought that was a really interesting, uh, really interesting movie that, um, you know, I was curious about, but I hadn't seen. And it was available on streaming. So I'm like, yeah, I'll check it out. Very, very fascinating stuff. We're talking to Joey DeAngelis and Richard Purnell, two hosts of the Two Dudes, one double feature podcast here on the bottom line. Richard, I never asked you this yet, but I'll ask you now. 
What's the movie that got you into uh, uh, starting to like movies? Is the best I can ask that question. <laughs> um, what, what, what's your movie inspiration? Is what I meant to ask. I'm sorry. Well, when I was when I was younger, I didn't really go out much. I still don't, admittedly. I'm very much a homebody, but I was kind of a sheltered kid. Um, and so a lot of my uh, passing of the time was watching movies. So I would watch anything that like my babysitter would show me or anything my parents had. And my parents just watched whatever they had. So it's like no filter. Like I'd be, it's, I was, I still remember when I was five years old and they were watching Pulp Fiction. And I don't like oh needles to this day, <laughs> <laughs> to this very day. Like I, I think of that shot with John Travolta holding the adrenaline and I'm like, yes. nope, nope, <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. I'm good. Thank oh, you. Pulp Fiction is a classic though. It's a classic, but not for a five-year-old. <laughs> right, right. No, I, I, I totally get it. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think I could see uh, a Tarantino movie in the Disney sing-along. Uh, <laughs> could you imagine, though, just a little, like, the little bouncing ball? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, that would be the most hysterical. Can, can we crowdfund that? Let's make it happen. Listen, he's got one more movie it is it is uh in his repertoire he wants to do. Let's make it happen. What is it? The movie critic make it make it a musical and have it have like the, the Disney bouncing ball. Oh do, 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 do. But anyway, Richard, please continue. I apologize. No, you're fine, you're fine. Um so a lot of the movies that I, I gravitated towards, like like I mentioned Batman earlier. I watched uh Batman eighty nine, the uh, Michael Keaton one. Okay. And it was really like one of those movies, like a lot of movies, obviously we get so many superhero movies and so many big like blockbuster movies these days. And it was really kind of like the prototype that a lot of those movies would sort of base themselves off of. Like, we're not really telling like a, a, a in-depth story. We're just kind of showing you this world. Mm -hmm. And so just like seeing something that seemed so unreal come to life like you like you would never see a city look like that or you've never see characters look like this these like outlandish colorful characters that kind of is what got me going and it made me want to watch more movies like that and it, it it kind of was like you know obviously you can look back on it and like it was really an escape because i just i, I was i didn't know what was going out there so i was too afraid so i'm like i'm in here and i'm gonna just watch these movies and so it, it, in many ways it really shaped the kind of movies that I like are these sort of outlandishly visual experiences in many respects. Like one movie Joey and I like to talk about a lot of specific rim, you know, mm. it's, it's, it's a, this big, uh, crazy, colorful, uh, experience that we don't really get a whole lot necessarily no. like for, for what it is. And it's, it's such a fun movie, but it's got a really good heart to it as well. Um, but like I remember when I was getting older and I was uh, like 14, 15, 16, like I would start reading comics and that's kind of where I got into like superheroes and stuff. And I remember I was like really wanting to actually start watching a lot of these movies that inspired movies that I love, like uh, Metropolis being a big one, an inspiration for, you know, obviously like the name Metropolis is in Superman and uh, the the way the city looks, the Anton first Oscar winning Anton first uh, designed Gotham city looks in Batman. That was very based off of the German expressionism and what uh, Fritz Lang did with Metropolis and watching that for the first time was really like, how could, how did they do this at this point 
in time like it, it just blew my mind how beautiful it was but also like how to, how profound it was and how in depth it was for for being this and it was really like one of the biggest uh silent film experience i'd had as well like it's a weird way to start with that one because then you watch all the other ones and they're but they all feel so different but like when you have that sort of like chaplain understanding of what a silent film is, but then you watch Metropolis, you're like, wait, hold on. What? Excuse me. Yeah. What do you mean? You could like, they, they did this. That's insane. And it's such an amazing movie. Um, but I think that's sort of where my sensibilities lie is like, I love movies that really go for it and really just have no shame and just will, throw as much color on the screen as possible no shame no whatsoever like they just want to be what they want to be and there's nothing wrong with that you know what i mean i think i i have a lot of respect for movies like that even the ones that are just like we're gonna be really silly <laughs> and not give a, just not care one bit about it because we're having a good time and you just feel like movies are just so aware of themselves as movies and it's like sometimes it's a good thing sometimes it's a bad thing but I just like when movies are like, let's just let's just show them stuff that they never have never seen before. Let's go crazy with it. <laughs> and so I think that's sort of where I like where where my brain exists when it comes to the kind of movies that I like. You know, you're you're hundred percent right. I, I totally agree with you on that, Richard. But uh I actually want to uh speaking of movies that uh do not care, I wanna get into the conversation that uh pretty much everybody loves to discuss. And that's remakes, more specifically with Disney, because I've done I've done a discussion video on bottom line about Disney remakes. And I also have done a couple of movie trailer reactions. Um, more recently, I did um, Fast X, which unfortunately I am going to see for this podcast. Please pray for my sanity. And I'm also going to see um, the uh the Little Mermaid remake, which I also did a trailer reaction to. If you haven't seen those, by the way, I'll leave links down below in the description section. Go check them out. But point being is this. Disney needs to start caring. Because from, from, from my point of view, they got lazy, man. I mean, look, I'm a huge Disney buff. Anybody who knows me knows I love Disney. Lion King is the movie that got me into Disney. I will forever love that movie. And I hated that remake hated it it looked gorgeous it did it looked gorgeous but that was the only good thing oh no i'm sorry james earl jones was also winning those are the only two good things about that movie that was it <laughs> at least in my opinion but that's beside the point disney my opinion got lazy now look does this little mermaid remake have potential in my personal opinion i said it in my reaction i think it does but I also still think it's another cash grab and another remake that is not necessary to do. Visually, once again, it looks nice, but it, it is literally a shot-for-shot -shot retell of the original 1989 movie. And if you don't believe me, watch both trailers side-by-side side and tell me I'm wrong. What say you two on this? I, I, I can't entirely disagree with that, honestly. Thank you. It's, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's like, I will say there's aspects of some of these movies, and even some of the movies themselves I have liked, but at the same time, there's really, there's no reason for it. Like, it's it, a lot of it just feels like nostalgia, and they're just like, oh, people are going, we, we, we miss the old days, and instead of just going, hey, look, we got this, like, 
great movie you can you can get on you can watch on Disney Plus or you can get on disc, but they're like, why don't we remake it for a new audience? What with like maybe a couple of changes here and there, so it's not as dated. Or and, or or here's an idea. Watch the original movie. <laughs> Here, here's one thing I will say, um, and I've thought about this a lot. Did you know a lot of the earlier Disney movies, when they were initially released, were not finan- that financially successful? Stuff like yes. Pinocchio, uh, Bambi, Fantasia. There are a number of those movies that were because of World War II or whatever, mm-hmm. but they became some of the most successful movies of all time because Disney re-released them year after year after year, and they were very lucrative, successful re-releases. Was it, wasn't, now, Snow, wasn't Snow White in that conversation, too? Because the, everybody mm-hmm. thought that film would flop when Disney first released well, it. Well, I mean, it was successful in its initial release. So that's right, what makes okay. it unique in that golden, in the first five films, like which is the Golden Age, which we do have an episode about. Right. We um, do. Great episode. But, um, like, Snow White was very successful, but a number of the other ones weren't that successful. So the re-releases helped Disney stay afloat, but also make those movies tremendously successful after their initial releases. And that was before home video. Now, obviously, these movies, we have them on home video. We have them on Disney+. Plus. We have access. We have yes. access. We have easier access than ever before. So what does Disney do? Well, listen, we're, we're going to remake it because that's going to fill sort of the same position. You know what? You can't blame them because it's worked almost every time because... You know, I know Alice in Wonderland technically isn't a remake, Mm-mm. but it's part sort of part of that pantheon. It made a billion dollars. Beauty and the Beast made a billion dollars. Lion King made Avengers level money. All right. Uh, the Jungle Book made more money than Batman v Superman. All right. The DC fans are going to come after me for this, but can you imagine this? a movie with Superman and Batman made less money than the movie with Bill Murray as a talking bear? Wow, mm-hmm. that is astonishing! And the movie mm-hmm. almost made a billion dollars. Cinderella made like five hundred million dollars. Peach Dragon did well relative to its budget. All right, it was basically a Disney indie movie, almost for by their standards. Disney does a twenty four. Disney does a twenty four. Right? Yeah. Baby's first a twenty four. Right? But listen, like these movies. And Aladdin. Aladdin is the most miraculous movie to make a billion dollars. Yep. Everyone's like, it opened to $80 million. This got into a controversy on Twitter, which maybe we'll talk about after the show, but like, yeah. it's like <laughs> eighty million made $80 million opening weekend. Oh, this is going to flop. Makes a billion dollars. Yep. People can listen. With us, we we see it. we Because we're media literate on some yeah. level. Yeah. You know? Um, and I'm sure Austin's media literate too on some yes. level. You know? But a lot of average person's like, listen, I know I like Lion King. I'm gonna go see Lion King again. And I see. I hear the title, and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I pack my bags, got my popcorn. Let's go. Because listen, yep. listen. Most people, a lot of people, only see maybe three movies in a year. Because going to the movies is expensive, right? And you want to have like the best sure thing that you know is gonna be the movie you're, you're gonna like. Because nobody likes spending money and then being disappointed with the movie. See Rise of Skywalker. All right. Oh yeah. Um, but ultimately, I mean, I think some of these remakes are pretty solid. I think Jungle Book is a great remake. Peach Dragon is a great remake. Um, Cinderella's got some cool things. We did talk about Peach Dragon on our show. Actually, we did. We yes, did. Yeah. Did. I did hear that one. Um, but I, I think with Little Mermaid, 
I'm very excited. Who's the act actor who plays uh, the actress who plays? Um, is that Haley Bailey? Ha- Halle Bailey, yeah. Halle Bailey. How ha- she's yeah, Halle Bailey. Fantastic. And oh, all oh the, I hundred percent agree. Yeah, on, all the promotional stuff, like that she's like she's interacting with kids. She's a Disney princess. To so all the people who have an issue with her playing this part, you really need to reevaluate how you're using your time on exactly, this planet. Exactly. Yes. Like, exactly. are you going to complain? I don't li- like this person. Literally, that was that was the main that was the main thing when I did that discussion video. People yeah. were telling me, "Oh, the reason why is because it the you know it's not Jodie Benson." I'm like, "Okay, listen, you can't replace <laughs> Jodie Benson. Don't get me wrong; she's fantastic. But even still, if you have a problem with Halle Bailey, don't watch the movie. I th- I think she's gonna be fine." <laughs> There's that too, but also it's like if you're that concerned, like, man, I, I wish I had the, I, the time you did. That was <laughs> exactly <laughs> the integrity of my mermaid movie. Oh. But I'm also excited too because of um. I don't know if I'm going to see it in the year, but I'm also because Lynn Manuel Miranda is also involved. With, yes, and, then, and you're, he, Joey's a big Lynn Manuel Manuel Miranda guy. I, I got okay. Hamilton on vinyl somewhere. When when Hamilton came out on Disney Plus, Joey for like a month couldn't talk about anything else. Like <laughs> like when Disney Plus came out, he was like, "Now I have more than one thing to watch on this." It was Mandalorian, then that was it. Now it's Mandalorian and Liter- Hamilton. Literally, literally, that that was the same with my sister. She's a huge Hamilton buff. Um. But yeah, I mean, look, like these remakes, it's 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 dastardly, like diabolically ingenious because Disney, a lot of them make money. Yep. <laughs> they do. They they make money. And I think Little Mermaid, listen, everyone's like, oh, uh, like because I, I think some of the underwater stuff, some of it looks good. Some of it looks kind of shoddy, but right. it's hard to because after seeing like the second Avatar movie, anything that's it, yeah, underwater it's pales Sebastian, in comparison. Sebastian still looks still looks like a goddamn seafood platter, though. I don't know what the hell they did to him. But <laughs> Flounder that, is that, the that funniest is an atrocity, one. What they did to my boy Sebastian. Scudder looks fine, but Sebastian, oh my god, but what are Flounder. you doing? <laughs> Flounder <laughs> is just a fish. <laughs> just a fish, nothing. Which I, yes, literally though. <laughs> It, it, and now, now it's gonna be even funnier if they do the scene with the chef. Oh and my! It's just God. like real. <laughs> yes. That's gonna be that's, like that's, horrifying. That's the by far. That's probably my biggest like take. Like the thing that pushes me out of like a lot of these remakes is just that there's some things you can do in animation that you just cannot do in live right, action. Right. Right. Yeah. Like like we um we have a Pinocchio episode coming up that we have some guest hosts for mm. and one of those Pinocchios is the the one that came out in Disney Plus uh oh, last year God. and that uh it was so trash <laughs> it's it's absolutely terrible <laughs> And I felt bad that we had them do it, but they had fun talking about it. So yeah. when, when so. Guillermo del Toro does a better Pinocchio, you know you have a problem. <laughs> that's, that's just my opinion. Though, but go ahead. Um. So I just, I I just remember watching it and thinking back to the original and just how much that movie relies on the fact that it's an animated movie with some of the insane amazing stuff that they just go full tilt with that one and then you then you watch this new one and it's just like it feels so watered down and it feels so lifeless lifeless yes Mm -hmm. like you know it's like looking at like as beautiful as those live action animal digital creations in lion king are there's just something weird about watching an actual lion go no! <laughs> yeah. Long live the king. But that's that's why I like yeah. Jungle Book though. Jungle Book because like they're realistic animals 
but they're able to have like some like emotion. Like with Baloo in yeah. that movie, it at least like feels like a character. Right. Whereas you look at Lion King, and I'm just like, I'm. I had Mowgli like, to bounce off of too. Exactly. Exa- that's, yeah. Exactly. That's true too. But like you watch Lion King, and you go. I might as well just be watching Nat Geo, but playing like the Lion King. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll listen to like the um, uh, pro- the Pride Land, the rhythm of the Pride Lands, and just you know yep. listen to that as I'm watching like like I'm lions just sit around. Basically, I'm with you. But I, I also say to Richard sometimes too, a good movie can come from anywhere. Yes, this and, is true. Like think about Pla- the Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I yes. was excited for that movie because I'm a Planet of the Apes fan. Most people I knew weren't because the last Planet of the Apes stunk. All right. The yes. Tim, this is the Tim Burton directed one. Has good elements. We talked about that one, but you know it stunk for most people. But then that movie ended up being a surprise, and I think like, hey, remakes and reboots, there can be good stuff out there. I think like 2017, especially 2017, had some the best like sequels and like franchise movies we've ever had. Blade Runner mm-hmm. 2049. Yes. Amazing that a studio allowed that to happen. Wow, just insane. The third Planet of the Apes movie, which for a PG-13 movie is pretty brutal. Um, you're you're talking about heartbreaking. Planet of the Apes, right? What's that? You're talking about War, War, Planet War, Apes, right? War for the Planet of the Apes. War was in 2017. War the Planet of the Apes. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was my first date movie with my oh, girlfriend, was okay. War for the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> That's okay. so Joey. It's because we were, we're meeting Disneyland. I'll tell a slight story. Sorry to derail, derailing what No, no, no. Please, please. Go ahead. So, you know, it was our first big date thing. We went to Disneyland. And uh, and that was the week Planet of the Apes had come out, and this was ridiculous demand, and not not a demand that I made, but it was basically a demand where I'm just like, we need to see this movie. I <laughs> cannot afford to not see this movie while oh we are. So we went to the AMC that was on the now defunct AMC and downtown Disney in um, Disneyland. Okay, there that there is shut down completely, but. Um, you saw that movie and it was like just like sobbing and <laughs> just all the upsetting things that happen in that movie, man. But but point being, like Rise the Planet of the Apes movies are a great example of like this isn't just we could just this could have just been slop that could have been just mm-hmm. put out in theaters and we just forget about. No, they decided we are going to take this story and nobody intends to make a bad movie either. But I don't, so I don't want to like put these people off as just like oh you're just a hack, but like. There is genuine, the censor is genuine care about where the story was going with Caesar, his character progression in each movie, you know, and all the characters. And obviously the tech, the tech in each movie got better and better and better. It wasn't, and they Mm -hmm. they really consciously thought of that. So I guess that's my, my thing is like, if they had had an interesting angle about it and visually try to do something interesting, that'd be one thing. But sometimes a lot of them just feel like, what if we did this, but real? And yeah, for some people or a lot of people, that's good enough. I mean, Beauty and Beast made a billion dollars, guys. But also, <laughs> yes. and, and and the crazy thing too is a lot of these movies have people who've made a, incredible movies attached yes. to them, right? You know, like like John Favreau, Robert Zemeckis. You know, obviously with uh, he made Back to the Future's iconic movie. Mm. Um, I'm a big David Lowry fan who did like okay. Green Knight and uh, a Ghost Story. Um, he's done two of them so like they get good people to make these movies it's just clearly there's a certain direction that disney wants these movies to go and it almost like it almost feels like little mermaid is going to be like the first big one to come out in a long time because a lot of them have just been released on disney plus literally i i will i will guarantee you this the little mermaid is going to cross one billion dollars you can book it 
people I, I think so. will yeah. go see it regardless of what they think of the lead actress. Yeah. Oh yeah. That think, movie's going to make so big too. bucks. <laughs> but also too there's not and many if it, And if it does not make 1 billion dollars, I will come on these airwaves and apologize publicly. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, all the all the all the box office bookies are relying on on Jimmy's uh box <laughs> office, which is pretty good intel cuz I agree with you. It's probably going to make a billion dollars cuz also too, oh, yeah. Guess what, guys? There's not that many kids, like, strictly, like, kids' movies that come out in theaters these days. The last one that came out was Super Mario, and look what happened with that. That's why I made yeah. it. Yeah, also, also $1 billion. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I have seen that twice because I'm a nerd, but I really... <laughs> look, <laughs> that, that movie is no masterpiece by any stretch, but my... God, it's a blast. It's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I I think I called it like my letterbox. I called it like pop culture cotton candy. It's not much yes. substance there, but listen, like it's 90 minutes and you're in and you're out. And it's it's like, listen, if you were eight years old, it's the greatest movie ever made. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think <laughs> if, I think there's if, something if, to be said if about you're that. if you're 29 year old nerds like us, well, look, it's it's still it's still no masterpiece, but even still, no matter what age you are, you're gonna have a fun ass time with that movie and i sure as hell did twice in a row now i do want to get into a bit of a discussion on video game movies before we wrap things up here because sure. speaking of which yeah. you mentioned the mario movie earlier we brought it up it crossed one billion dollars which makes it illuminations highest grossing movie next to the minions god bless their souls i can't believe it but even still and then you have and then you have the sonic movies which also surprisingly did very well for themselves because look you know this, Joey. I grew up with Sonic. That was the first video game I ever played next to Mario Kart. So I grew up with Mario and Sonic. Cause I, so, look, did I have any high expectations for any of these movies? No. But was I excited? You bet your ass I was. When I walked into that first Sonic movie, I said, look, I'm cautiously optimistic about this. How are they going to make this work? They actually listened to the fans and redesigned Sonic I don't want to talk about that right now, but God, it was ugly as hell. I'm just happy they brought him back in the, um, they brought back the ugly Sonic in the new, uh, Chippendale. the Chippendale yeah. remake, which by the way, is kind of underrated in my opinion. I thought that was a pretty decent remake. I don't know. That's just me, but I'm just happy they brought ugly Sonic back, but that's just beside the point. Look, ugly Sonic was a highlight for sure. Yes, it was. Yeah. But look, my point is this. With... With the Sonic movies and the Mario movie that came out recently, I feel like it's giving video game movies kind of a new life because nobody really thought that they would do this well. You know, because obviously their target audience is kids. Obviously, you're going to expect that. But mm -hmm. if you're a hardcore Sonic or Mario fan like I am, look, you're probably not going to have that many expectations. And once you see it, you're like, that's no masterpiece. But you know what? That exceeded my expectations. I had a fun time with this movie. It's not the greatest movie I've ever seen. But as far as video game movies go, it was really damn good. So I really feel like if we get more video game movies like those, they just might have more potential here. Because you look at god-awful video game movies like freaking Silent Hill Revelations, which was probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. But look, even still... I just feel like these movies are bringing video game genres to not a brand new life, but they're breathing some sort of life into them. Yeah, like, I think the, the it's, it is sort of crazy because we actually did an episode on video game movies where we paired, what was it, Rampage and the first Sonic movie? 
Oh, there, yes. there, there's the there's the rampage poster behind Joey there. One of my beautiful. If you're not watching on YouTube, that was the rampage poster. It's very very lovely poster, um, but and very on brand as well. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, it's it is kind of wild because I just like I can I keep thinking like all these video game movies that came out when when I was younger and when when we were younger, uh, and just none of them because it's such a different medium. So you can make that argument as well, because like video games are a very specific medium. And so to translate that to film could be a little bit difficult and make right. it work. But these days, like I, like I, like you, I was also a big Sonic fan. I would remember like the first video games that I would play consistently were like Sonic, uh, uh, three and Sonic two. And I would had, the, I had the little, uh, the knuck, knuckles expansion cartridge, yes. which is, uh, yes. I didn't know what that was for when I was a kid, but I'm like, <laughs> I want knuckles. That's what that's for. I guess so I'm going to go with it. And I remember I actually, uh, you know, watched Sonic two not long ago and wow. Like again, not a masterpiece, but me, me, per me personally, I think it's better than Sonic one. It's yep. so much better. It's, so much better and idris elba's knuckles is incredible it's yes. it's so good oh man um and then also too like going back to like kind of the the 90s sort of nostalgia feeling of it like if you'd have told me as a young kid that jim carrey and sonic were in a movie together sold sold yes it sold. feels like a movie that should have happened yes. already which oh, is so 100 oh, percent. Yeah. oh yeah 100 percent. like like where was this when I was? Well, I'm glad I got it as an adult, but right, yeah, <laughs> would have been nice maybe when I was younger. And Jim Carrey still had it; he was still mm -hmm. going, and he was even better in the second one as I, I, uh, I Eggman. Really and... I really hope he comes back for Sonic Three. If he doesn't, I'm going to be very disappointed. And he had a whole sequel thing for his whole career too. Like he didn't like doing sequels, and now he's doing. He did Sonic right, Two, and yeah, he's exactly. it's like. So I'm hoping. I'm hopeful. Fingers crossed. Honestly. We'll see. Um, but I also think going off of video game things, I know that's not a movie, but the, I think about the Last of Us TV. Yeah, did you Last watch of Us. Is... You watch Last of Us? Uh... I have. Yes, I have. Yeah. So like, like literally, like it's prestige television. Yes. <laughs> so we are. I think we're beyond <laughs> the point of like, oh, because people keep saying this is the first good video game adaptation. I'm like, no, no, no. Rampage yeah. was a good video game. I was adaptation. gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, like you might go, oh, Rampage, but listen. Rampage. It's got the monsters. It smashes things. You go home generally satisfied. Yep. What do you do when you play Rampage? You smash buildings as monsters, and you and you stay home satisfied. Yep. Like, it's a it's a great translation of the game with some oh, good yeah. moments that have some heart. Jeffrey D. Morgan's having a good time uh, chewing scenery. I know? love that Dwayne Johnson's mindset is no, no, no. If the monsters are destroying stuff, I'm in there too. <laughs> and that, and that's it's it's great. Yes. It's great. One of my favorite. Uh, one of my favorite rock movies. But like. And again, like Detective Pikachu, which I don't think we even brought up. Yeah, really. Detective Pikachu. The fact I I, I keep bringing up uh, every time I watch it, I'm like, I love the fact that that was shot on film to make it look more like an old film noir. Absolutely, like, and it looks so good. It makes the effects look even better. It's yeah. it's kind of insane how how well made that movie is. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, freaking uh, uh, Davy Jones as Mewtwo. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yes. So, yeah, so I think we're at a point now where not that every video game movie is going to be great, but I think we can have a better. We have a. I think we can have higher standards. I think yes. where we're like, okay, this worked. Now we can like start saying, okay, this is not automatically disaster. Because I, I remember that was a thing. People were like, oh, 
new Mortal Kombat, that's going to be the worst thing ever. Now they're oh making God, Mortal Kombat no. 2, uh, yeah, I think, I'm pretty I'm, sure. I'm not looking forward to that. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. but it did pretty okay, you know, as far considering it came out during that that time period. True. Uh, folks. Uh, like the date year. and day. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing. Date and date. Oh, like HBO Max, good for the consumers, not so good for um, the studios and everything. Also, if you're wondering what HBO Max is by this point, kids, ask your parents. Ask your parents. Yep. <laughs> if they even knew what it was. Maybe they only know maybe their parents are young enough that they only know it as Max. Uh, Pretty much. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that will be super old. Um, yeah, but video game movies, you know, uh, yeah, they're fun. they can be fine. They're in a good spot right now, honestly. I'm excited. Like whatever they plan to do, I know there was talk because the new Zelda game just came out. Oh yeah, and the creators of that are kind of interested in making a movie of Zelda. I think that could be pretty cool too. Please, for the love of God, do you know how long they've been begging for a movie about Zelda? They've been begging about that for years. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And now, that, and now that the Super Mario Brothers movie is doing well, there's definitely there's probably going to be a sequel. They're definitely going to talk about more Nintendo movies. Make mm -hmm. Zelda happen. Seriously, we've, we've waited long enough. Zelda make it happen. I'm, I'm there. So much sense. I think that, that would do that would do so well. But the question is, who would play Link? Me. That's <laughs> Joe. Joe <laughs> didn't get as a link. Hey, hey, uh, uh, I'm Link. Uh, uh, you don't even have to talk. You just run around and break pots. Exactly. Well, you know yes. What? <laughs> yes. But yes. I think they're gonna they're gonna want somebody because they need somebody to go in the late night circuits to be like, hey, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm Link. <laughs> Do you have any lines in this movie? We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, pretty Ooh. much. Yeah. <laughs> man, oh man. That's just, just the taste. That's just the taste of what you can hear from these two gentlemen right here on the Two Dudes One Double Feature Podcast. Go find it wherever you listen to your podcast. Gentlemen, this was such a blast. Thank you guys for joining us, and you are welcome back anytime you want. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. And you're welcome on our show. I'm hey, sure as well. Hey, yeah. hey, listen. Any Anytime you want me, just name the date and place. I will be there. Thank you yeah. so much for the invite. You got you got to figure out what what movies you but what, what yeah what well, you got you got you got to think of know. a double feature yeah Whew, man you're gonna have to you're gonna have to give me some time on that one but I can no definitely rush. let you know no rush <laughs> anyway thanks gentlemen Joey DeAngelis and Richard Purnell the host of the two dudes one double feature podcast actually before I let you go you guys have social media where can they where can everybody uh, find you on social media. <sighs> Where well, Richard's a social media guy. Where where can they? I'm I'm the I need air quotes on that. By the way, <laughs> social media guy. Um, uh, we got an Instagram, we got Twitter, Facebook. Um, that's I guess that's it. And then as far as where our show is, it's pretty much on every platform at this point, which is kind of wild. And oh, we have a YouTube channel, which we only have five videos on there, but <laughs> we we have a YouTube channel. Um, and a couple of our songs that we did for the show as well are also yeah. on there. So there's uh, there's 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 a nice variety on there at least at this point. Jimmy, oh, can we you send go. you the link tree too for our stuff? Yes. All right, because that that definitely has cool. every <laughs> that has yeah. Richard curated All that very nicely. Yeah, well, it's, you you can you can find their link tree directly on their Instagram page bio at Two Dudes One Double Feature. So be sure you go follow these guys and subscribe to their podcast. Please subscribe. They have really really. Tremendous stuff, and you you will see your boy on there very very soon, gentlemen. Once again, thank you very much. Again, you're welcome back anytime. Thank you. Thank anytime, you. Anytime, guys. For Joey D and for Richard Purnell, I'm Jimmy. This is the bottom line. Have a great rest of your morning, afternoon, or evening, and we'll catch you next time. Peace and take care.
Thank you for listening to The Bottom Line. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe for more great content. If you want to check out the visual side of things, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search for The Bottom Line Jimmy. Thank you, and we'll catch you next time.